the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church, where we minister in the spirit of excellence under the leadership of our anointed senior pastor, Bukas Sterling III. Please stay tuned at the end of this broadcast for information on how to obtain a copy of today's message in its entirety. And now, stay tuned for the conclusion of last week's message. Genesis chapter 37, verse 24. So they took him and they cast him into this pit. And when he's in the pit, there's two things about this pit I want you to see. The pit is empty. There's nothing in the pit. There's nobody in the pit. And sometimes that's the best place we can be. When you've got cast into a pit, you've been put into a hard spot. You've been put into a place you can't get out of. And that's a good place to be. I know it doesn't feel good. I know it's not comfortable. But it's a good place to be. Because when you're in a pit and there's nobody else there, you can't call on nobody but him. When you're in your life place and it's empty and it's all you you begin to look up towards heaven and call on the one who's capable sometimes the best thing along your journey is to be cast into a pit where it's empty and you're there by yourself but all of this is just a distraction the second thing about this pit I want you to see is that the text says that the pit was empty and there was no water in it why would they mention that there's no water in the pit they didn't throw them in a well they threw them in a pit So I think the reason why we need to understand that there's no water in the pit because he's not only been thrown into a destitute place where he's there by himself, but he's thrown into a place where there is no quenching of the thirst. In other words, it's a dry place. And let me see if I can help us here. Because when we're going and we're driven by destiny, one of the distractions in our life along the journey is sometimes we're in a pit and sometimes we're in a dry place. Sometimes you're trying to pray and it doesn't seem like prayer is working. Sometimes you're trying to read your word and it doesn't seem like the word is working. Sometimes you're sitting in church and you're you're trying to get that feeling that you get and you're not getting that feeling. Sometimes you're just in a dry place. I want you to understand a dry place doesn't mean you're not on track to your destiny. Sometimes it's just a distraction. The dry place is put there to make you want to turn back. To say, I know I'm not going to the right place because it's too dry here. It's just a distraction. Family conspiracy is working to try to hinder Joseph from getting to where he needs to be. But all of this is just distractions. The second thing here, after we look at family conspiracy, is I want to look at false accusations. We pick up in chapter 39. His brother sold him into slavery. Ishmaelites came along. This is over there in chapter 37. Ishmaelites came. The Midianites, they call them Midianites traders. They came. They passed by. His brothers, oh, let, me, let me hit this point too. Let me, his brothers pulled him out. Chapter 37, back 37, 28. His brothers pulled him out of the ditch. His brothers pulled him, Joseph up and lifted him up out of the pit. His brothers who put him in the pit. His brothers who hated him and envied him and despised him and conspired to kill him are the ones God uses to pull him up out of the pit. I'm preaching way better than you saying amen, but watch this. I'm I'm, going to get you there. Sometimes God will use the very people 
who have set a trap for you to be the one that, that helps you to get to where you got to go. And I like to say it this way. The Bible says that he'll make your enemies your footstool. And I know a lot of times we think of a footstool as only a place where we can sit back in our easy chair and use as an ottoman. But I've learned that every now and then, because I'm short of stature, every now and then I need something to stand on, and a footstool is good to stand on. And sometimes God will use your enemies to help elevate you to where you need to be. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? And so God uses his brothers to lift him out of the pit, and his brothers sell him to the Ishmaelites, and the Ishmaelites are on their way to Egypt, and that's what Joseph needs to be. And so Joseph ends up going to Egypt as a slave. I know that's not your desired mode of transportation. I know that's not how you would like to get to your destiny, but look at God working all the pieces out. And I want to help you right here because sometimes we're wrestling with and fighting against the plan that God has to get us to a place because, and we don't want to go that way because it's not the way we want to travel. I'll go to Egypt, but send me a Greyhound bus or something. Let me catch a USA or somebody. I'm not going as a slave with the Ishmaelites. You don't always have a choice how you're going to get to your destiny. But it becomes distraction. That's all there's a distraction. And so his brothers put him in there and he gets to Egypt. When he gets to Egypt, by the time we get over here in our next chapter 39, but when he gets to Egypt, what happens is he's sold on the auction block as a slave. The Ishmaelites sell him as a slave. When they sell him, it is Potiphar, who is the chief of the army of Pharaoh, who buys him. And when he buys him, he brings him in his house. And when he brings him in his house, I want you to see something about this whole idea of false accusation. He brings him in his house, and in his house, he has favor. Watch this. It's right here in the text. I'm in chapter 39. Pharaoh bought him inside the Ishmaelites when they sold him. Verse number two, and the Lord was with Joseph. Whoo! Wait a minute, Pastor. I thought you said he was just sold as a slave. I sure did. But how can the Lord be with him? Because the Lord doesn't do things like we do things. The Lord is with him even though he's a slave. The Lord is with him even though he's serving in Potiphar's house. The Lord is with him. And watch this. The Lord manifests proof that he's with him while he's a slave. The text lets us know that while he's with him, he brought him to Potiphar's house. That's the favor of God because he could have been sold to somebody else. But God sold him into the hands of the one who was in charge of the army of Pharaoh. And he's in a top position as a servant to the top man in the army. That's a favor of God. Then the Bible says, verse number three, and his master saw that the Lord was with him. Wait a minute. His master is Egyptian. His master is a heathen, but his master recognizes that God is with him. I want you to understand something. Sometimes you're in the worst place that you can possibly be. Your whole family just forsook you. Your whole family sold you into slavery, and now you're a slave, and you're in Potiphar's house, and a heathen man recognizes God is with you. And everything he does prospers. Everything that Joseph did, it came to pass. Everything Joseph, it's right there in the text. So Joseph had favor and found favor in the sight of him. And he served him. Then he made him overseer of his whole house. And all that he had, he put under his authority. You are a slave, but you're in charge. How in the world are you going to be a slave in charge of the chief of the army of Pharaoh's whole house? In fact, he's so in charge, and the favor of God is on him so much that he's put him in charge of everything, and he says, look, my master doesn't even know all the stuff that's in his own house. I know what's in his house better than he does. 
He's in that kind of control. And the favor of God is with him. And everything he's given charge of, everything. And not only that, here's a man, first of all, whom the Lord is with. And God is manifesting, I'm with him. My blessings are on him. My favor is on him. I'm giving him favor. And then, watch this, while he's in Potiphar's house, he's faithful. That's the second thing I want you to see. He's faithful while he's in the house. He's there in the house. He's serving. He's working. Thus he left all that he had in, in Joseph's hand, verse number 6. And all that he had, which was yet, he, he turned it all over to Joseph. And Joseph was, was handsome in form and appearance, the text lets us know. And it came to pass after these things that the master's wife cast longing eyes on Joseph. Here we go. He's in the house doing what he's supposed to do. This is not what he wants to do, but since this is what God has put in front of him to do, he's faithful at it, and he's doing it, and now she's casting longing eyes on him. She's looking him up and down, talking about, mm, mm, mm. The Bible said he was handsome in form and appearance. I mean, he was shaped. He was cut. And I'm sure when he bent over to pick up some, you know, stuff off the floor, the big old calf muscles was jumping out. And when he reached up to put the dishes away, she could see all his six-pack. And she was just looking at him. Mm-hmm. Good God, I could taste you right now. I mean, she just, she working him, backing him up in the corner. And she even pushes him to the point. Verse 7, it came to pass after these things, her master's long ago, and she says, lie with me. Come lay down with me. He a man, a real man. And she says, come lay with me. Look at verse number eight. But he refused. He's faithful. He's faithful. He refused and he said to his master's wife, look, my master does not know what is in this house. And he has committed all to me, all to my hand. There is no one greater in this house than I, nor has he kept back anything from me but you. Because you are his wife. And he says, how can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? He's faithful. God is with him and he's faithful. Y'all catch that? God is with him. God is blessing him. God is showing him favor. And he's faithful. He's faithful not to take Potter's first wife. He's faithful not to do these things. He's faithful to do the work that he didn't even want to do in a place he didn't even want to be. But he's faithful to do the work. He's doing what he's supposed to do. He's doing what's assigned to him to do. And while he's doing all that, here come Potiphar's wife messing him up, trying to get him off track, trying to distract him from the destiny of God, putting all that putain in his face. He wouldn't have it because he was faithful to God. I'm faithful. I'm not going to do this against my God. I refuse to sin against my God. But even then, I need you to see this. Even then, he's still accused. But it happened, verse 11. But it happened about this time that Joseph went into the house to do his work. Look at that. Faithful man. And none of the men in the house was there. And then she caught him, opportune time. And she said, lie with me. Ain't nobody here. Ain't nobody home. Now, some folk would have said, ain't nobody, nobody home? Just me and you? Potiphar's wife? Me and you? <laughs> yeah. Lock the door, lock the door. Pull the shades down. Ain't nobody going to know. He wouldn't do it. He ran. He ran away from this privileged opportunity, which was a distraction to his destiny. I'm trying to help us here. 
because I want you to see something. Here's a man whom God is with and God is showing favor and he's faithful to God. He's faithful to his master. He's doing everything he's supposed to do. And even in the midst of all of that, here comes Potiphar's wife offering all this up to him. When she offers it up to him, he refuses. He runs. And then she turns around and tells the other guys that he tried to rape me. Here it is. Verse 14, 15. Verse 14. So she called all the men into the house and she spoke to them and said, see, he has brought into us this Hebrew to mock us. He came into me to lie with me. And I cried out with a loud voice. And it happened when he heard that I lifted my voice and cried out that he left his garments with me and has fled and went outside. I'm trying to help you right here. Just because you're faithful. And just because God is with you doesn't mean that people won't accuse you. Let me tell you something that I know myself. You could be doing everything right. God can be blessing you from the right hand, from the left hand, when you're going in, when you're coming out, everything. God can be, hand can be all over you. Everybody knows the hand of God is on you. And God is doing awesome things in your life. And you're faithful to God. You're studying your word. You're coming to Bible study. You're in church. You're paying your tithes. You're good with your husband. You're good with your wife. You love your children. You're doing everything. You're helping people. And you're, you're doing all kinds of, helping old ladies across the street, doing all kinds of, everything in your life is faithful, faithful, faithful. You're reading your word and you're meditating. You got a quiet room, quiet time in the morning, quiet time in the evening. Got a war room set up in your house. Got prayers taped to the walls and, and to the windows and everything. And here you are, faithful, faithful, faithful to everything God's called you to do. And somebody can still accuse you. And here ain't the worst part. It ain't just the accusation. It was accepted, and it got him locked up in prison. Y'all hear what I'm saying? See, this is when it burns. When I'm faithful to God, when I'm serving God, when I'm preaching the word of God, when I'm counseling people, when I'm giving up my time and my energy, and I'm giving all my gifts to the service of the Lord, and folks still can accuse you? Oh, no, that's the time you want to wave the flag and say, I quit this. I can do without it. I'll go back to nine to five. Punch in, punch out. I don't deal with these church people no more. It's just a distraction. Just a distraction to your destiny. It's false accusation, just a distraction. Folk lying about you online, Facebook and you, talking all about you bad, Twittering and got all kind of followers. That's just distraction to your destiny. Don't get caught up in it. I'm trying to help you. Don't get caught. It's just a distraction. Family eight, conspiracy, false accusations. Last thing, I'm out of your way. Picks up in chapter 40. Chapter 40, Joseph's in prison now. Put him in prison for something he didn't even do. He's in prison, but the Lord is with him. And because the Lord is with him, the Lord shows him favor. And because the Lord is with him, the Lord shows him favor, and he's faithful. Even in prison, he gets promoted to handle all the prisoners. Look at God. When you're driven by divine destiny, it doesn't matter what people try to do to you. God will still keep lifting you up. He's in prison and he's in charge of the prisoners. Watch this. And he's not even an Egyptian. He's a Hebrew in an Egyptian prison. God has put him in charge of all the prisoners in the prison. Then here comes the butler and the baker. Because they got into it with Pharaoh, something he didn't like about him. And he sent both of them to prison. 
So the butler and the baker gone to prison. When they go to prison, we're in chapter 40, when they get to prison, um, Joseph is there. He's in charge of everybody. And Joseph begins to have to serve them because the prisoner, uh, the, the prison um, captain or whatever, he gave them custody. Verse, chapter 40, verse number 3. So they put, he put them in the custody of the house and the captain of the guard in the prison and the place, that's what they did for Joseph, where Joseph was confined. And verse number 4. Then the captain of the guard charged Joseph with them, that is the butler and the baker. And to serve them. So now here he is in prison serving the butler and the baker. And he used to be the chief man in Potiphar's house. Watch this. Because a whole lot of us can't take this kind of demotion. Because demotion sometimes is just a distraction to your destiny. Y'all hearing what I'm saying? He's in prison now. And now he has to serve the butler and the baker. He used to be the one to tell the butler and the baker it's time for my master to eat. Now he's serving them in prison, and he's there with them, and they're in custody for a while. So while he's there with them, he develops a relationship with them, and one day he goes in, and, he, and their countenance is not the same. They don't look the same. They look a little disturbed. They're sad. They're upset. And so he asks them a question. He says, what, what, what's, what's going on? What's the matter? What's wrong with you? So they say, we had a dream. Both of them had a dream. We had both had a dream last night. But the problem is, Joseph, we don't have anybody to interpret our dream. Third distraction is when you're forsaken by friends. He's in prison being faithful to God. God's favor is on him. God's blessing him. Watch this. He could be bitter now. My brother sold me like a dog to people they didn't even know for 20 shekels. I ended up in prison chains going all the way to Egypt. I got to Egypt, got sold into Potiphar's house. I was in Potiphar's house doing the best that I could, being faithful to God, being faithful to my master, and I end up here in prison, and now I'm here in prison, and i got to serve the butler and the baker. And they come to me talking about, oh, we had a dream last night. Now I want you to see something. What better person could God have put in their place except Joseph? So even him being in prison was part of his destiny because he needed to be in prison when the butler and the baker got there so that somebody could hear the prison vision that they had. Y'all see what I'm saying? Everything God does, he does perfectly. If he was still sitting up in Potiphar's house, cleaning up, enjoying being in charge, Nobody would have been there for the butler and the baker. But when he gets there and they come to him and they say, this is a problem. Watch this. He could have said, you know what? I'm not using my gift. Because God has forsaken me. God has me in this ungodly dungeon serving a butcher and a baker and looking over these other servants. I'm not using my gift. Forget it. It's kind of like church people do. Pastors get voted out of a church. I ain't pastor no more. I don't want to have nothing to do with church people no more because they voted me out of the church. And so they want to put their gift away. Watch this. But it's just a distraction. It's just a distraction. Don't let the distractions to your destiny make you put away your gift. So he uses his gift because he's gifted in dreams. And he says the, the answers to dreams, the interpretation of dreams belongs to the Lord. So tell me the dreams. So they both tell him his dreams. And the, 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 um, the, the baker, no, let me do the butler. The butler's dream, he says, you're going to be restored to your position. Three days, you're going to be restored to your position. You'll be right back in the king's house, being his cupbearer, doing the things that you were doing. To the baker, 
sorry about this, buddy, but your dream is that in three days they're going to hang you. And birds are going to pluck your eyes out. Sorry. That's, that's the interpretation of the dreams. Now, he, and then while we get to chapter 40, verse 14, he says to the butler, after giving him the interpretation of the dream and all that, he says, but remember me. You see that? Remember me when it is well with you. Once you get back home, once everything is settled down, when you're back in your spot, please show kindness to me. Make mention of me to Pharaoh and, and put in a good word. Get me out of this place because I don't deserve to be here. I was sold into slavery and even in this land, I don't even deserve, I shouldn't even be here in this dungeon. Put, can you put a good word in for me when you get back home? Guess what? Three days later, exactly how he interpreted the dreams, it happened. The baker gets hung and the butler gets restored. The butler gets restored in verse number 23 says, yet the chief butler did not remember Joseph but forgot him. Ain't that something? The people you didn't help, the people you didn't, you didn't invest it in, the people that you sought, people that you used your gift to, to look out for. Now, all of a sudden, all you had to do was go home and tell Pharaoh about me and you forgot me. If you look at chapter 41, verse 1, it says he was there for two years. He forgot him for two years. It ain't like, oh, I forgot that dude. Two years. So he stays in prison for two more years. After. Butler gets back home. Why? Because it was a distraction to his destiny. It's a distraction. I want to help somebody here because sometimes people feel like people have forsaken you. They should have helped you, but they didn't help you. They, they forgot about you. They, they climbed to the top and didn't even reach back to help you. And you sent your resume and they wouldn't even accept it. They're in the position to get you a job and won't even help you. And you mad at them, right? It's just a distraction. Don't be mad. It's just a distraction to your destiny. God's using it all. Just a distraction. Don't, don't let the distraction keep you from being driven to where God has for you to go. Because li- listen, in this life, folk going to forget you. People going to forsake you. But I'm so glad that we serve a God who does not forget us. Aren't you glad about that? I'm so glad about that. When I, when I read this story, I couldn't help but think about the thief on the cross, the malefactor on the cross, when he said to the Lord, Lord, just remember me when you come into your kingdom. I love that. And what I like about what Jesus says, he says, today you will be with me in paradise. In other words, I'm not going to forget you. Today you will be with me in paradise. I've already assigned a spot for you in paradise. I already got it fixed for you. When I get back to my kingdom, when I'm sitting on the right hand of my father, when when I'm done dying here on the cross, when I'm done shedding all my blood here on the cross, when they bury me in a tomb and I rose again the third day, when I've walked the earth for 40 days and when I've ascended to glory and sat down on the right hand of God, I'm not going to forget you. When 2,000 years have passed since I was crucified, I won't forget you. Because while I was on the cross, while I was shedding my blood, I was doing it for you, Catherine. While I was there, while they were beating me, while they were ripping my flesh off, I was doing it for you. I remember you. I remember your suffering. I remember your pain. And because I'm a God that's not limited by time, I know the beginning from the end and the end from the beginning. So I know the tears you cry at night. I know how bad you feel. I know how hurt you are. I know how you think nobody cares, but I haven't forgotten about you. 
I'm trying to help somebody right here. God has not forgotten about you. I don't care if you're in a sanctuary or the overflow number one or overflow number two. God has not forgotten about you. Somebody needs to hear that today. Can you tap your neighbor and tell them God has not forgotten? God has not forgotten. 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 He paid too much money for you. He died too long for you. Shed too much blood for you. Allowed him to be beaten too long for you. He's not going to forget about you. He already knows what you're going through. He already knows the hell that's coming your way. He's not going to forget about you. He won't leave you there. Lord, he's coming for you, but don't let the distraction keep you from your destiny because God loves you too much. Praise the Lord. You've been listening to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church under the leadership of Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III, where we minister in the spirit of excellence. We pray that you have been richly blessed by today's message. Financial contributions in support of this ministry are welcome. We thank you in advance for uniting with us in kingdom building. For a copy of this sermon on CD or to hear this message again on the web, please visit our website at KetteringMinistries.org and remember to reference the title or broadcast date. We hope that you have enjoyed our journey together and we invite you to join us for one of our spirit-filled worship services Sundays at 8 a.m. or 11 a.m. at our new edifice called the Legacy Center located at 6909 Crane Highway, Upper Marlboro, Maryland. For additional information, go to our website at KetteringMinistries.org or contact our church office at 301-574-3515. Please join us again as Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III and the Kettering Baptist Church family minister in the spirit of excellence.